of all Champions League goalkeepers I've seen, and Carrius included, what about the fella in the goal for Villarreal? Carrius included is the worst thing any Liverpool <laughs> fan can say. That's the harshest. Well, Carrius was hopeless, wasn't he? OTB AM, live weekday mornings from 7.30 on the OTB Sports app. Wednesday Night Rugby on Off The Ball With Vodafone, official sponsor of the Irish rugby team We all belong to the team of us Now then, so the rugby season very much heating up We have our Champions Cup on the horizon We have Leinster Munster on Saturday at Viva Stadium This is the finale to the URC regular season Leinster, of course, safely through with a home quarterfinal A win from Munster guarantees themselves a home quarterfinal but not guaranteed as things stand Keen Tracy of the Irish Independent is here in studio thanks for coming in cheers Joe thanks for having me and Fiona Hayes Grand Slam winner hey Fiona hey Joe how are you very well loads to talk about I saw Keen you were talking to CJ Stander today mm. still only 31 years of age 51 Irish caps to his name he is resolute he is not going back he's had several offers now the whole country said CJ come on mm-hmm. come on you're going back there we'll see you pitching up in a few weeks time but he was deadly serious in fairness to him and he doesn't miss the contact, ironically enough, for CJ Stander. He was watching a game recently thinking... The Toulouse game, yeah. Oof, glad I'm here and not there. And for a guy who dished out his fair share of punishment. Um, yeah, look, CJ's always great to, to chat and he, he was very good today. Again, he kind of started the chat by saying, oh, I see a few names on there who said I'd be back playing rugby in a few weeks. Well, I've, shown, I've proven ye wrong, haven't you? So, and I was probably one of them as well, to be honest. I think everyone really did. You look at the, the shape he was in... Um, to the naked eye anyway I'd imagine he was probably playing through a lot of a lot of pain and yeah he's back in South Africa and you know he works in a construction management company um, family is his priority now and you can't begrudge a guy that at all can you he's got a young daughter but um, yeah he spoke a lot about what Limerick meant and there'll be a piece in tomorrow's paper about that um, it's clear that like he got real emotional actually when he started talking about uh, what Limerick meant to him because like you have to remember I actually I think I was the first person to speak to him uh, when he arrived in Munster as in from a press point of view and he barely had a word of English um, this is back in 2012 I think it was so you think about the nine years that he had in Munster and like how much of a fan favourite he became and how important he was to Ireland in 2018 Grand Slam success he achieved a hell of a lot from a guy who was basically told he was too small to play for for the Springbok. So, yeah, it was a good catch-up and uh, bonus Limerick references as well, which is always a, a good thing. How has that passed me by? He barely had a word of English. Yeah, so he's Afrikaans is his first sure. language. Yeah, yeah. There's a famous story about, um, I think it was a Christmas uh, party, Christmas night out that the, the squad had. So he was only in, in the country a few months or whatever. And I think I'm right in saying he got lost on a night out in Cork, I think. And was struggling to to find his way around because he couldn't speak English. Um, so to to see how far he's come now, and even you know he can kind of switch between the Afrikaans into English and stuff like that. So um, yeah, it was a good catch up. And like like I said, uh, for any Munster supporters or Limerick heads, it'd be worth reading tomorrow his his thoughts on what the city meant to him as a whole. Oh, very interesting. So clearly, yes. that's not uncommon in his neck of the woods to have no English. Yeah, for sure. I mean, Rassi Erasmus is the same. Like, I mean, Afrikaans is their first language. And you can, to be fair, you can still kind of see it sometimes when when you're talking to them. But um, yeah, I just think it's it's a great story and like not many people. Like, I mean, look at someone like Dan Levy, who retired at 27 a few weeks ago and doesn't get to retire in his own terms. Now, 31 was certainly a shock in terms of like calling it a day but yeah he has no regrets and he did have offers um, I've no doubt the Bulls were probably onto him and more super or URC clubs now but um, 
yeah, he's no regrets at all and he's he's loving life now on the farm, doing farming on the side as well as the management construction management company. I did see him say, Fiona, I'm just doing normal hours now. So I work from 7am to 6pm. I thought, well, that's not, that's not <laughs> normal. It's a marathon day. Bloody <laughs> hell. 7am to 6pm. Put your feet up, CJ. I suppose, but look, he can probably eat what he wants now. He doesn't have to worry about that side of things. And Joe, I have to tell you, being lost in, in Cork and a night out, uh, lim- Limerick English doesn't help you anyway, trying to find your way home down there. <laughs> What's this woman screaming at me? I, I can't, can't understand what she's saying. Uh, Fiona, European Player of the Year five-man shortlist has been announced. Josh van der Fleer, James Lowe, Caelan Doris, Gregory Aldrich, Anton Dupont. Obviously, the final will dictate things a touch. But of those five, who's your European Player of the Year and why? Has to be Van der Fleer. I've um, every time the minute it was released, even the first list. I mean, he's just been outstanding. He's performed in every game. Um, his level of performance is even getting better with every game. He he's improved his carries. You know, people talked about his carries, and today we see a lot of stats around his tackle, his tackle count, and even his tackle tech. He's staying injury free. Um, so for me, he's been the absolute standout performer. I think the likes of Dupont, we know what he can bring. He probably in Europe he brought it in in different patches, but no one's been as consistent as Van der Fleer throughout the whole thing for me. Has anyone in the last decade improved as rapidly as Van der Fleer at his age? Yeah, it's 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 a good shout. I, I like I'm sure we'll get onto it, but I think there's so many Leinster players, not to that degree, but there's so many Leinster players who have seriously improved over the last few years, and I I just think that's down to the coaching. Um, the players are clearly unbelievably talented, unbelievably skilled, but the manner of the, the quality of the coaching that they're getting, I think, is taking a lot of players to, to new levels. You think of James Lowe, Jameson Gibson Park. Mm-hmm. I think Ross Maloney is a, a perfect example of another guy. I, I don't think there's many people who would have said that Ross Maloney will be starting in a Champions Cup final and will be like a pretty much a key player for, for Leinster at this stage a few years ago. And I think so much of that is down to the coaching. Um, I was talking about this to, in terms of Josh van der Fleer at the Aviva with John Duggan on Saturday. Like Leinster puts such a huge emphasis on the break and we can all see why because they, they play at such high speed and tempo but they have a designated coach who coaches the, the breakdown. That's Dennis Leamy and that's why Munster are trying to poach him now to take over their defence but before Dennis Leamy Hugh Hogan was doing it and the Scarlets came in and took him. So there aren't the, the breakdown is so important for every team for every country in the world but Leinster actually have a designated guy who's working on it week in, week out. And I think Josh van der Fleer has, reap, has reaped the rewards of that. I think, you know, the, the Rugby Players Ireland Awards are going to be on tonight. And I think, you know, he'd probably be the hot favourite to win that as well. I think James Lowe has had a great season as well. Um, he scored 13 tries this season and they've all come in his last eight games. Mm. I mean, just a ridiculous record. And to be fair everyone on that list I don't think there's too many who have the skill set that, that James Lowe has and we saw that again last weekend I think Aldrich is an outstanding player as well if it, like if La Rochelle are to beat Leinster in the final I think you know and Aldrich has a good game I think he'll be nailed on uh, I don't know what Dupont is doing on that list I know that might be sacrilege to say but he hasn't had a great season by his very very high standards at all uh, I don't know is it a bit of keeping up appearances there or what but I don't think he was that great in the Champions Cup this season Well Alan Quillen is one of those on the panel so we'll take it up with him do just don't tell the, him I said it though. Just for the beauty of his penalties at the Aviva alone, Dupont gets in that list. Oh, like don't don't get me wrong. I'm a, I'm a huge fan, no, but I, I just don't think he's been at his best in the Champions Cup. Definitely feeling the effects. I think of a lot of rugby, mm. isn't he? Fiona, last Irish player to win men's European Player of the Year was Johnny. No, Johnny's yes. never won it. 
Oh, men's European. Oh, who was that? Would you know? Um, Brian O'Driscoll? No, it was Brian, after... Brian, Brian Driscoll has never won it. Never has won never won it. it. Never won it. See, there was, there was Jamie this... Heaslip. Jamie Heaslip. Now, there was this, this issue. You remember Raj got like best player of the last 15 years? Mm-hmm. So that was in 2010. Yeah. So I, I can't find a record if he won it before that. Maybe they only started it mm. in 2010. The last winner, give this man some goddamn respect. Rob Carney, 2012. Carney. Yeah. Come That's, on. We'll never make another crappy quiz here anyway. <laughs> 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 I'm terrible. I'm terrible. I'm bad One memory. shot and you're out. <laughs> yeah. Rob Carney, 12. Sean O'Brien, 11. And, yes, uh, that's right. Raj right. in 10. But no Irishman since then. So um, you suspect that's odds on to change. So Leinster Munster at the weekend. If we look forward for a moment, I'm sure we'll look back. Leinster have used 59 players thus far this season. You would presume it will be very much a second string affair from their point of view at the weekend. Fiona Munster, a win for them guarantees them a home quarter final. That said, yeah. by kickoff, if results go their way, i.e. if the Bulls and the Stormers Bulls. were to lose in Wales, then Munster would have a home quarter final, uh, regardless of the result at the Aviva Stadium. There were dead Zebo and Diolande. We're hearing O'Mahony and Mike Haley in trouble as well. Gavin Coombs is back this week, but unlikely to uh, play. It's hard to be frothing at the mouth for this one, even though it is Leinster-Munster. What are you expecting from this game? Yeah, I think it's I think it's a good shot for us to get to watch a good game because um you know you've guys especially with Leinster second string you've guys trying to make um a European final a panel you know so there's lads going to be trying to push there that's not really set in stone obviously starting positions are there thereabouts are set in stone probably in Leo's mind with a lot of positions but you've guys that are trying to get onto that panel and and this game could be something if they made an impact in that so they're they're going to be chomping at the bit to come out and, and play a, a, or a Munster team up in the Aviva, obviously. Munster, a lot has been talked about their form and how and how they've gotten better and better. And I think it would be absolutely terrible to to come out after that two lose game and ha- haven't put everything on the line and lose up in the Aviva to what people are calling a second string Leinster team. We know Leinster obviously have the players and the backup. Can you even call it second string? But but obviously it, it wouldn't be their starter for a European Cup final. Um, so it's very very important for this Munster team to to keep on kicking. And they're probably going to be looking at if, if at all possible, trying to get that bonus point as well, which will give them advantage then going into the, the semi-final if they can if they can kick on from the quarter-final because they would like obviously to be using Thorman Park for that as well. I was a touch surprised, Keane, when I saw Leinster have used 59 players this season. I just assumed, given the fewer number of matches in the URC, uh, not least when players are in, away on international duty, that that number would be rapidly coming down and we might see even players' contracts not renewed over the coming years that there were n- new demands on squad depth. But 59 is a hefty number. I mean, I remember Joe Schmidt being lauded when he hit 50 for the first time. Yeah, they've been consistently hitting these high numbers for the last few seasons. And there is talk now that they, the squad might not be as big um, next season. But you look at how well they manage it. You know, there was so much made of bringing the, like, let's call a spade a spade. It was a second string young team to South Africa. But it's how well Leo Cullen and Stuart Lancaster managed that period. Like, I remember I was in with you, you know, talking to you about it just around the time and that Lancaster stayed at home. Yeah. And, you know, Leinster are, are far, far better for that on both fronts because they got their numbers up in terms of the 59 there was a couple of caps handed out um, 
like in South Africa in the Lions Den as well absolutely and th- those type of games are seriously going to stand like I guarantee at the start of next season you'll see like Lee Barron I remember was a guy a young hooker who got capped in South Africa like you know he could potentially start the next the first game of next season people are going oh who is this guy but you forget that he was actually away in South Africa for two weeks you know going to an extremely tough place against like particularly that Sharks team who were loaded with Springboks so um, unbelievably impressive um, numbers but it's the quality of players that they're bringing in um, where we were, I was chatting to, to Hugo Keenan today and he was sort of saying during that during that period when the most of the the first team were in Dublin they had to get sub academy lads so they were digging even deeper down into the, the talent pool and he said you know the first day you'd know that they hadn't quite trained in a Stuart Lancaster infamous like training session but he said by the end of the week he said it was ridiculous like that the players just get it instantly so that they're the calibre of young players like they very rarely bring duds even into the sub academy I mean you only get in there if you're of a certain quality and it was interesting to kind of hear Keenan talk about the level like these guys are only fresh out of school but at the one week with Stuart Lancaster's training and they were already up with the calls and things like that so 59 is an incredible number really but um wow. it's yeah, it's so impressive just what monster yeah. want to hear fiona <laughs> yeah and with just on that point as well joe um with that i think it's like it's so good and that's why we're seeing the likes of johnny come into really good form johnny sexton you, you know doris because they're able to be rotated enough if you compare them to the french guys that that, that they're playing against who've probably played 29 26 27 games some of these players have probably played maybe 18 12 to 18 games and that shows when it comes to the end of the season and lengths are have the luxury to do that because they have the talent pool coming in and i think that's that's what's making these guys so effective in this Leinster squad coming into these last few games. Yeah, wasn't it interesting Ugo Mala making that point about <laughs> Sexton and Intermac 12 matches versus 27. And to be fair, Fiona, I mean, if we segue into just how good Leinster were on Saturday, mm. one of the most striking aspects from minute one was one team here is uber fresh, sharp, fit. The other team were uh, running on fumes a touch, really. Yeah, you can see it from from the off. Obviously, Leinster were exceptionally hungry. They're really hungry for that fifth star. You could see it in how they played. Um, that nothing to take away from Leinster, but that wasn't the Toulouse squad that we've seen in in Europe in previous occasions. Probably saw a touch of it up in Ulster at times, but it wasn't the type of game I thought they'd bring. Um, obviously, they were really tired. I think we especially saw that in 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 the front row. I I thought they weren't as effective around the pitch. Maybe at scrum time they were. Uh, at times, um, but I just thought it was just even DuPont, we, you talked about him there, Keen. we didn't see his best form really in, in that game. Into Mac, the playmakers, I mean, Thomas Ramos was very, was very, very good and they had certain players, but just as a squad, Leinster looked so much fresher. They played the best rugby. They never, ever looked like they were going to lose that game from minute one. And their key players were, were pl- probably playing some of the best games they've played in a long time. Is there a Leinster player out of form right now? No, you prob- could you could almost say I could almost say who's the uh, under uh, appreciated cog in that wheel, and you could pick anyone there one to fifteen and, and and speak glowingly for a paragraph about them. If you look back at their last three games at this particular, the first choice team have played will so we'll say Connacht um, at the Aviva, Leicester away, and Toulouse last weekend. They've all been eight and nines yeah. out of ten, absolutely exceptional. Mm-hmm. Funny, funny thing apparently. The, in the review on Monday with Stuart Lancaster Stuart Lancaster runs the reviews um, you know there was an acknowledgement of how well they played but the big focus was why were we 7-3 down early on and that to me sums up the, the mindset of this Leinster team 
like I wonder at times do we actually appreciate how like what we're actually watching at the moment in terms of the style of rugby that they're playing because like we're so used to like a Toulouse team or whatever playing this unbelievable type of rugby and going oh it'd be great if like an Irish team could adopt that so at times I wonder if we appreciate like there's going to be a bit of coaching you know there could be coaching upheaval in Leinster over the next couple of years so we might not always be like this now obviously they still have to go on and deliver against La Rochelle but I mean I would certainly expect that they will but Mm. the fact that you know the, the big focus was on okay like why were we down to these guys we ended up winning really well but like we shouldn't be behind in, in this game so um, it just goes back to my earlier point I just think the coaching is just unbelievably good at yeah. the moment in Leinster um, and you know what like we said we're, we're seeing players improve but like it's young guys as well and Fiona kind of made the point there but you know guys are playing to try and get into the Champions Cup squad um, the, the match day squad next week but the reality is, like, is anyone really is is the twenty three going to be any different than what it was last week? It, like injuries permitting, because you like you, someone's going to have a hell of a game against Munster. Abs- <laughs> like absolutely, like like Jordan Larmer is going to need to score a hat trick or four tries to get on it as twenty yeah. third man. Like that's the that's the reality of how well Leinster are playing at the moment. Now, obviously, they do have a couple of injuries, and there are a couple of key injuries as well. So, um, if they're not fit, that could upset the apple apple cart a bit. But um, they're just humming at the moment, yeah. absolutely humming. I think you're right on the do we appreciate. Point. Mm. It was only funny just being in Virgin on uh, the Sunday for the La Rochelle Racing game, Matt Williams, and we were just you know chatting during the game as we do, and and Leinster were we were still you know talking about how good Leinster had been the previous day, and and he was just saying it's unique, this is unique in world rugby what you guys have here, and it's almost when an outside voice says it, and Matt really has a great feel for the global game and has been all over the game for decades around the world, and he was saying you know to have to play that brand of rugby to have coaches. Stuart Lancaster aside there are exceptions to all of these points I'm making but to have coaches who've come through at Leinster as players to have the vast majority of the players from the immediate hinterland and mm-hmm. you know there's the James Lowe and Gibson Park and there's a Caelan Doris sprinkled in but the in effect all the players from the immediate hinterland it's just like it's it's the Barcelona of European rugby it's absolutely staggering perhaps one of the reasons we don't appreciate it is and I was just thinking about it Fiona watching the Toulouse game mm-hmm. unlike say in football where you see Man City's best 9, 10, 11 most weeks playing their best stuff most weeks rugby doesn't allow that we're talking about the freshness of a Johnny Sexton I was just talking to a friend who said I, I, I feel like I haven't really seen Leinster play much this season until the Toulouse game and I was kind of saying well in a way you haven't because they don't really have to play until about April you know they've only they've only really kind of had a bit of a flex for the Leicester game and the Toulouse game and so it's only in this part of the season that they show everyone just how good they can be yeah, you, you definitely see glimpses of it in games, but they haven't been as clinical as they have been in those few games. And it's it's super to watch. You know, I was watching um the Blues at the weekend. I was watching the Super 15 rugby and some of their scores were absolutely outrageously good. And I, and I was getting excited. But, the, but, the, but watching that, they just don't offer the same thing in defence. You just don't see that. They're massively high-scoring games. But what we saw with the likes of Leinster and what we're seeing is, is their defensive system is so good. Their breakdown work, everything is is on the money. The way they, they work with the referee is so good. And obviously, they are they play that attacking style of rugby as well. That offloading game has come on in the last couple of years. So they're playing the same style of rugby, but it's they're looking at all areas of the game. And I mean, their set piece at the weekend, I think they had 100% 
scrums. I know there was penalty advantage and they're not counted in the stats sometimes, but there was 100% on their own scrum and the 91% accuracy in the lineout. So they seem to have nailed all the areas and look like they're definitely enjoying the rugby. And it's 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 when you say it like that, you know, that we don't appreciate it. I think I think it's it's clear that we don't because what we're seeing is is and if they go on to win it, we'll say that this is probably one of the best performances in Europe. What they're they especially the Toulouse game and hopefully we'll get the same in the final because the French power didn't look anywhere and like they could do anything in that Toulouse pack. And I'll be I'll be looking on to see what La Rochelle and what area they will try and target. There isn't really a weakness they can target in this Leinster team. Interesting, because I was listening to you chatting on the left wing with Will and Luke Fitzgerald, Keen, and you were saying <coughs> if there is, and like, because you got a nitpick here. I mean, if that if that's a glimpse into Lancaster's team meetings, yeah, I think we're entitled to exactly. Uh, you think there is a question mark over Leinster scrum? I do, yeah. Now I bow to Fiona's superior knowledge of of yeah. the scrum. Now I've set you up to fail here against yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, Grand Slam winning prop. Yeah, but yeah. Go on. Um, well, like they've conceded nine scrum penalties in the last two games. I mean, that is not good. Um, they've conceded five in Welford Road against Leinster and four last week. Now I know Tyke Furlong went off, but there's been issues when Tyke Furlong was on the pitch as well. Um, I think it's an area of, of weakness. I do, and I think it's an area of weakness for Ireland at the moment as well. Um, you know, so much depends on Tyke Furlong's fitness, but. Leinster really struggled against this La Rochelle scrum last season and you saw the way they played against Racing like that's how they're going to look to play against Leinster as well they're just going to look to take the game to them up front and you know if they do if if Raj does pull a large rabbit out of the hat by having Will Skelton back then that adds another like layer of serious beef as well to it so I do think it's an area of concern I know we've chatted about it before Joe about the depth chart and I won't go into that again in terms of Irish rugby but it's not even a depth chart issue really at the moment it's just whatever is going on the teams are are targeting the Leinster scrum and the point I was trying to make because I was actually writing about this on Monday and you're kind of like do I really want to go down this road of like trying to nitpick what was one of the great European performances but you hear stuff like how Short Lancaster carries on in reviews and they are looking to be the the pursuit of perfection is essentially what it is so um, yeah I think they are going to have to really tighten up on on that area because like I said La Rochelle will certainly go after them and just on the point of you know, appreciating what this Leinster team are about and what they do. I think they're a quite likable team as well. I just don't think there's any like major huge egos. I think they're all pretty like grounded fellas. I don't get the sense that anyone is, is getting losing the run of themselves. And I would have been talking to a couple of Irish coaches who were coaching abroad like over the last couple of months or whatever. And you can apply whatever we're saying about Leinster to Ireland as well because it's essentially the same thing. But I was amazed by how many of them told me that they're now they use clips of Ireland in their team meetings and before that would have been unheard of but it's the respect that other players have now so Hugo Keenan is a good example I know I know one particular Irish coach was using a lot of Hugo Keenan in, in, in terms of how he marshals the backfield and this is a guy who's only just after pretty much breaking onto breaking onto the scene I mean he's never even been to a Champions Cup final as a fan let alone played in one you know so the respect I think of Irish rugby and Leinster rugby in particular we heard during lockdown how themselves and the Crusaders were sharing ideas and stuff so that's the level of esteem that they're being held in at the moment so I just think like people within Ireland I know it's obviously difficult for non-Leinster supporters 
but just to appreciate the, the, the kind of rugby that they're playing and hopefully like we've already seen that it's having a knock-on effect with Ireland but you know going down the summers into New Zealand is going to be the ultimate test of that Yeah and Fiona just on the scrum point I'll give you a chance yeah. to come back because again yeah. to my and I emphasise very untrained eye I did see the Toulouse scrum go through Leinster a couple of times on Saturday so why did that not give you cause for concern as such? Yeah, you see, it's with, like, it's obviously all got to do with the, the referee. And I think especially with Furlong, I think a lot of guys angling him. When Alala Toa came on, I thought he was in trouble. Um, I actually thought that it was so early in the game. I thought they might have, now Leinster, obviously it's not even on their books, but I thought there might have been a chance of maybe Healy coming on and moving Porter back across, but it doesn't look like they're going to do that. Maybe come, it depends on Furlong's availability, but definitely Alain Toa scrum-wise, he's going to be targeted. We saw Cyril Boyle absolutely busted through him and stuff like that, and, and they were taken there. I suppose on the whole outcome of the game, it wasn't very, very important because it just, the, the scrum dominance wasn't shown for to lose but if you're going to European final it's definitely somewhere they will they will have to 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 target I think personally and I and I've said this a lot of the times I think the front row of Porter uh Furlong and either two hookers um I think the scrummaging wise Leinster you know when I've watched it when they have given away penalties I've thinking I've thought the referee has been there's been angles in in them and they'll have to deal with that and Wayne Barnes is definitely going to be watching that area so it is obviously a focus that they'll have but I, I wouldn't be an area of concern to me even though the two lose and we know what Lurishell done and they they got a good few penalties out of Rassing as well I mean you've got and Antonio and Preso in the front row and and they're just immense but I really feel like Leinster can if they can get their their main frontline guys out there and hopefully Furlong will be fit I think they'll be looking to hold and secure their own ball which is what they done they had a 100% success rate on their own ball whereas when when um when Toulouse were attacking that's when they got damaged so they probably will work around that area of of setting a bit lower when it's a, on a Toulouse ball or just, sorry a, a Rochelle ball just, just a, a quick final point on that Joe I think like all it takes I think is a little bit of a doubt to be in a referee's head that oh in the last few games like Leinster have, have been conceding scrum penalties and that I think is an issue because you don't want to get a reputation as a scrum that coughs up penalties and at the moment like I said nine in two games is not great but Fiona makes a good point I think Wayne Barnes is, is a good ref and he was announced today as a ref for the final next week so no doubt Leinster no, like no doubt O'Gara and Donica Ryan will be getting on to mm. Wayne Barnes through the official channels during the week and going well you know they concede scrum penalties and Leinster will be doing the opposite so intriguing battle yeah we're talking here with Keane Tracy from the Irish Independent and Fiona Hayes as well our Wednesday night rugby coverage is brought to you by Vodafone proudly supporting the Irish women's rugby team we all belong to the team of us Fiona will the uh, Tomond Park attending Munster fan be supporting Leinster against La Rochelle oh god <laughs> <laughs> Do you want me to answer that, really? So it's Ro- it's Raj over it's an Irish Raj. team. Yeah, okay. It's Raj. We have to go to Raj. Look, I I I I'm getting stick sometimes for being a pro Lencer. You know, back in the day, I would have been like, ah, oh, no. But look, you have to give plaudits to how they're playing rugby and. And I, and I thoroughly enjoyed the game on Saturday. On the other side of things, on Sunday, I couldn't understand what Racing or La Rochelle were up to. Look, they look like two tired teams and there wasn't much. So I'm just going to be watching it for the rugby and, and focus on that. And whoever plays the best rugby, I, I'll applaud. Ah, <laughs> very diplomatic. <laughs> <laughs> I want the truth here. I'm going to WhatsApp you in and read out what you actually say back. He wants to be allowed to be let, let back into yeah. Limerick again. Uh, <laughs> so, I mean, this final is so intriguing in a whole host of ways. Weather could influence things and, 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 and maybe bring 
the equation back towards La Rochelle a touch. Imagine Tyke Furlong's more injured than we all think. And imagine Will Skelton pops up as well. And uh, who knows, maybe James yeah. Lowe. You know, so there's there's all these um, difficult things to predict, these, these aspects to the game. But on the face of it, you make Leinster huge favourites. I thought Ugo Mala made an interesting point where he was saying that it's very difficult for Toulouse to compete with Leinster when the average ball and play time in the top 14 is 32 minutes and elite European rugby Leinster very comfortable in that environment is closer to 40 so uh, I don't know are La Rochelle perceived as being a fitter bunch who can you know handle the 40 minutes because I do remember last year Robin McBride in a press conference and I I don't think he'll be saying it again out loud and I was like oof jeez because he he made the point about ball and play time and he felt that was an area where Leinster could take La Rochelle into a difficult place and we all know how that finished up so um your sense of La Rochelle's fitness and then like is it within Leinster's power to take them to 10, 15, 20 phases or if if La Rochelle want the ball out of play they can just get it out of play one way or another because that whole area is going to be fascinating to see it's what Leinster's game is is predicated on at the moment it's speed and high ball and play time Um, yeah like I think Toulouse have probably suffered a little bit from France winning the Grand Slam. I mean, these lads just don't get a rest in the top 14. Like even, like it's worth mentioning. So this weekend, on Saturday, La Rochelle are playing Stade Francais. La Rochelle are in seventh of the top 14 at the moment. So they really need to win. There's only a couple of games left of the regular season. So they really need to win to get into the the playoff spots. And I think Ron O'Gara has done a brilliant job at La Rochelle in sort of changing the culture in like, you know, that Europe does matter too. Because apart from Toulouse, there aren't too many other French clubs who really take it seriously. And it was funny, even in the build-up to the game last week, I was reading a French publication and... They were kind of they were posing the question that is three French teams in the the last four of the Champions Cup bad for the top fourteen because they they're not all guaranteed their spots in the top fourteen so that's how the top fourteen is still viewed in in France so in terms of the the ball and play time stuff I thought it was really interesting as well because I thought like of all the French teams I would have thought Toulouse would have been kind of well up there in terms of wanting to play fast rugby but I, like I said they were. They had so many guys who played for France in that Grand Slam and I think they've probably suffered a bit of a hangover. Like look, DuPont is a, is a good example of that. Even a guy like Marchand and like Fiona mentioned Cyril Boy. Like you talk about, you mentioned flexes earlier, Joe, but like, the, like Toulouse started Cyril Boy on the bench against Munster and they still pulverised the scrum. So um, La Rochelle, I th- yeah, like they didn't have as many players playing for France. So that could be interesting. But look, they've got, like we've already mentioned Will Skelton, but Terker Barlow, their New Zealand scrum half who won the World Cup with, with the All Blacks in 2015 is now out injured with a broken hand as well. They have huge issues at ten, I would say. Um, I wouldn't want. To, I personally wouldn't want to be going into a Champions Cup final with Ohio West, like relying on him to kick your goals because I think they're going to have to kick their goals against Leinster. They're going to have to take every single chance that they get because Leinster don't really cough up too many opportunities. So um, I think Leinster will look to play the exact same way. Like it's funny, like you mentioned the weather, and I think you're dead right. Like think back to Bilbao, like it was absolutely horrific. It was a leveler horrific over there so they're going to Marseille the weather forecast I was looking at it today like it looks good but like you said anything can happen on the day but all things being equal I think Leinster are 12 point favourites I think at the moment and and that's like in a final that seems crazy but I, I just feel that you know like La Rochelle have a big game this weekend as well they need to turn it around really quickly like you're not going to, I'd be surprised if you're, sorry you're not going to see any Leinster player who's going to start against La Rochelle this weekend yeah. you might see one or two from the bench of Ross Byrne uh, players like that but 
really and truly they're all wrapped in cotton wool while La Rochelle have to go out and batter it out in the yeah. top 14 again it does feel as if we're picking for reasons to be like cautious about being we're not used to it are we over optimistic on yeah. Leinster's behalf like gun to your head Fiona actually sorry that's, that's an overly violent uh, <laughs> uh, uh, way to go about things but I mean if you were to be brutally honest Keane said there 12 points is what the bookies feel like do you, do you see like Alan Quinnan the last day said he saw yeah. Leinster beaten to lose by 15-20 and it sounded outlandish and, and look what happened like do you see Leinster winning this final comfortably if you had to make it one very honest prediction I, I really do I know when it comes to final time and I know Raj will have a couple of things up his sleeve but just based on the few performances that I've seen out of Leinster and the previous performances I've seen out of La Rochelle and as Kean said they have to go and, and play a big game against that again this weekend Um, it just they don't look energised and uh, Leinster look like they've had weeks off and they're about to start the season they look energised but that's also when they're playing if things go wrong in mid-game that also changes so if, if there was issues with the scrum you know that can give that La Rochelle team a bit more energy but I, I think on 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 player form and and looking at you know teams of the week and all, and all those even those things I think you'd have a majority of nine to ten Leinster players on your team of the week from from the European Cup last week and there probably would only be in about three max uh, La Rochelle players you know so yeah. so look on form and how people are playing I, I just think Leinster they've said it from the start of the season people talked about they know what La Rochelle are going to bring people have talked about how are they going to deal with this power game they've shown maybe not against the best to lose uh, performance but they've shown that they can deal with it they've shown what their their footwork is like in contact they've shown that you know a lot of areas they, they've cleaned up so I, I think it's it's a Leinster's um, unless there's an absolute terrible performance which you can predict I would imagine Leinster are, are bang on the money for their 12 point win the, the yeah. favourites tag just doesn't suit the Irish psyche at all like, does <laughs> I mean even the bookies are saying Leinster at 12 points you're kind of like oh well the scrum hasn't gone that well and things like that so I think it's just a classic Irish thing to almost talk down their chances but I think if I hear you but then Welford Road Aviva Stadium Leinster firm favourites and like they were actually we didn't even realise just what firm favourites they were you know they blew that away didn't yeah, they yeah absolutely they took their foot off the pedal in that second half against Leicester as well and they were just awesome last week against Toulouse I just don't like it's funny you said about the thing about nobody getting ahead of themselves I feel like with Johnny Sexton around, that's never going to no. happen. I just feel that dressing room is run very, very well somehow. Uh, and just a, a very last point, Fiona. Again, this furthers the argument. And I, I like, I feel, I, I'm imagining Ron Nogara out for a walk on a beach right now, listening mm-hmm. to this and just going. <laughs> but he will love that because he will he try. Drives. He will try and put the the Irish underdogs into La Rochelle. You know, so like they'll yeah. they'll play on that as well. So it's a very interesting kind of you know battle the mental battle almost oh, it's like La Rochelle with a monster chip on the shoulder like yeah. this is what's coming but on the point about EO West if anyone didn't see the game on Sunday he didn't just miss his kicks he missed them in such a worrying way like, it was it was chronically under impressive and he's averaging maybe 70% this is you know not out of keeping with his general performance and he had a great day against Leinster last year he will need to have a great day again but you're, like, you're going into that game looking at him nervously wondering what, like, what are we going to get from him today like there's a certain irony when the camera cuts from him to Raj as well you know that's like this extra layer I would think and, and his consciousness like one of the great truly great kickers clutch kickers and he's watching me and uh, they were shocking kicks there's no other way of putting it 
Uh, yeah, I looked, they were absolutely terrible. And I, and I was only having a conversation with someone recently about, yeah, and obviously it, it was on the back of that Leinster game as well a couple of seasons ago, but in general and watching him, from watching him playing over New Zealand, I thought he's kicking game and 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 it had come on loads and, and Raj had done a lot of work with him obviously around that area, but whatever happened in that game, I know it's, it's 70% at times, but look, last week was absolutely atrocious and it was at, at times in the game when they could have pulled away or when they needed those kicks. So, is that pressure? I don't know. And he, I thought he worked really well when I when I when I'm watching. He works right with Kerr Barlow. When referee came on, I wasn't too sure about that. So they they've got um, a few areas, you know, that probably are nervous for O'Gara. And on that point as well, I, I, I understand it well. I'm only coaching at a, a small level, but if the scrum was going backwards, I take it very very personal. You know, if there was any cameras around, they'd see me crying in the corner. So I'm sure he, I'm sure Raj will be working a good bit with him on that. Or, or, or changing it because even you know even look you talk about that um Paddy Jackson would just say yesterday those those three um three bad misses in in extra time like as a coach after the second one do you do you give it to someone else you know you've got to make those rough decisions and especially in a in a final when a player isn't you know if it was way off a couple of them yeah. I think he might have to make that decision and see what it what's best for the team going forward okay well, uh, plenty of time to preview that next week. Fiona Hayes, Keen Tracy, the Irish Independent. Thanks so much, guys. Appreciate it. Cheers. Thanks, guys. Cheers. Wednesday Night Rugby on Off The Ball with Vodafone, main sponsor of the Irish rugby team. We all belong to the team of us.